0: Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 203. I don't know why I overemphasize over- over- that. Wow, I cannot talk today already. This is a great start to a podcast. As always, I'm Mordak, aka Charlie, joined by Henry, aka Nomad Har, aka. God, I'm blanking on the second, aka for you right now, Henry. I do apologize. Crack zero. Crack Crack and zero. And zero. Fuck, I am out of it this morning. <laughs> Yeah, and Alex is Pierce Maeve Online, motherfuckers.
1: Maeve Online, motherfuckers, yes. That's my name, Maeve Online underscore motherfuckers. That's me. That would
0: actually be a pretty
2: okay gamer tag. <laughs> it would be a good uh, Riot game, gamer tag, I'll say. <laughs> fire. Will they let you do that?
1: No, it just seems like something they would allow for a while. Probably.
2: Well, it seems like the type of name a edgelord on, you know, League of Legends would use.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't keep up with the naming conventions of League are these days. I assume, like, everything, there's some type of, like, trend of, like... Here was, like, okay, we're we're out of you trying to name ourselves after the characters we main, we're now into, like,
2: fruit. (laughs) Oh, you sweet summer child. Thinking that they are, they would be that... Innocent, and naive. No,
3: yeah,
0: I couldn't think of another theme. I am not all here, it seems, this week.
1: No, I, I think we're okay.
0: Fair. Either of you doing anything fun in the video game space? You want to talk about mm. before we do news? Because I didn't get up much this week. I, I, I do have a question for our listener base, but that can wait.
1: Um, I actually have been playing. Uh, well, I know uh, Henry's going to talk about it a little bit, but I've been playing. Uh, other than my usual hmm? WoW hostage situation I have going on. Um, I've been playing a lot more Smite recently, which is kind of nice. I, I haven't played it in a while, so I've just been doing a little bit, little bit more and more. And um, this week, I really kind of pushed the grind on KOS All-Star on mobile, which, yes, I know it's mobile, but yes. I was
0: going to say, so. it's a mobile game. It's all grind.
1: But, like, it. so I know... We've talked about it before, but it's one of those games where they don't force... Like, you don't get stuck in a situation where you have to yes. pay to win. Yeah, yeah,
0: yes, I, I know. I regret making the joke because every time <laughs> it comes up, I get to explain to me how not grindy it is by comparison.
1: It's like,
2: and, well, it, and typically it's just, grinding in it is kind of fun, just because the game itself is kind of fun. Dude, <laughs> I,
0: I play Destiny way too much. I'm aware of grinding <laughs> being a fine activity. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it's just... I mean, I mean, in the sense of, like, oh, uh, you're breathing? Here, have some fucking gems. Like, it's the level of that where they just give you shit.
2: Yeah, so. I've, I, like, doubled the amount of gems I had before in a day. And I had a thousand gems <laughs> to start with, to start the day with. So, I mean, it's that that big on, here's more gems. Here's Here's just everything you need. It's pretty crazy, honestly.
1: So, yeah, um, other than just like KOF, Smite, which is kind of refreshing to mess around on, and all that. Yeah, it, uh, that's pretty much it. So,
0: is it time, I guess, for our KOF All Stars minute?
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. Henry, so, I, I'll let you uh, have fun with this one here.
2: So, KOF All Star is doing a big cross promotion with WWE Pro Wrestling, and it's awesome, and I, I mean, that's the thing, I'm in, I'm into wrestling, I mean, it's kind of clear that I'm into wrestling, I've trained as a wrestler, I've wrestled, and the cross-commotion really fits because the thing is, a lot of the KOF series is based around the personalities of its characters, and they talk, they, they talk smack to each other all the time, it's kind of a part of the thing, like, before every match, I mean, this is going on even in the earliest iterations of KOF, is that the characters, before the match, they talk smack to each other. That's just something that they've always done. And certain characters have very specific things that they'll say to each other. So, it's already kind of like WWE. And and it includes a lot of characters who kind of already use, like, wwe style moves to begin with so i mean it's 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 the natural crossover that i didn't think would happen but it always made tons of sense especially like i said for kof where they've really kind of built the whole franchise on the fact that their characters have a lot of character they're very they're they have big personalities and sayings and catchphrases i mean to put it in perspective can you think of a catchphrase for any street fighter character yeah a couple but other I... than like the name of their
0: move well, i was gonna say like what is the catchphrase in street fighter at that point though too well
2: i'm saying it's like it's like something that they actually like say when they're not fighting necessarily you know or you know something other than the name of the move they're doing.
0: No, right, no, what I'm getting at is, like, do Street Fighter characters talk outside of the moves they say? Like, I, I'm not sure... Not really. I, I, I'm trying to remember if there's actually ever seen a cutscene in a Street Fighter game.
2: Um, there are in the newer ones. I mean, there are cutscenes. Are
0: there? Or uh, are they just, like, text on a digital ba- uh text on a field thing?
2: Uh, I mean... I. There there's stuff for the ending. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, they, they don't they've never Street Fighter's been built on sort of the way the characters are designed, not necessarily on them evoking any sort of real personality. Whereas like KOF is definitely built on people saying things and talking crap and very much on the personalities of its characters. And so yeah, the crossover WWE totally super fits. And it's and the story mode for it the kind of bonus story mode that they're doing right now is hilarious. It's it's really it's actually really good. It works really well with the with the it it's just hilarious just how easily you could just flow the K- we characters into the kos storyline. It's it's just like like the rock basically talking crap to everybody. John Cena rapping is a uh, thugonomics character also hilarious also just works just works all of it just works it's I, so good
0: I, I, I guess my question is as someone who's not really kept up with wrestling lately and definitely doesn't keep up with king of fighters are we just learning that some of the wd uh e was just kind of there already well you mean in what way well i so to use Tekken Seven as the example that like Akuma has just always been out there chilling is the answer of why Akuma's in that game. Are we learning that like I'm blanking on character names right now? Are we learning like long lost friend of Henry Rollins has always been in King of Fighters or something?
2: No, they're they're doing a sort of an isekai style thing where it's just like sure. they're getting dragged over to the Ko to KOF world, but it's like they, they've chosen a good a good little cast of people to bring over. So the characters that are coming over are, of course, The Rock, and two different versions of him. They're bringing over John Cena, another flagship guy, uh, but they're also bringing over Seth Rollins and uh, Becky Lynch Mm. and uh, Kofi Kingston. And that's it. That's just the five. Or no, Undertaker as well. Sorry. Another completely iconic guy, Undertaker. I am surprised that they did include more female wrestlers, because right now there's plenty of really good female wrestlers on WWE's uh, roster, like, they, it's their, uh, their current roster is actually very, very good, uh, but yeah, uh, so there's story modes for that, and ways of getting characters, like. If you just do certain things, they'll just give you the rock. It's pretty easy to get the rock. They'll just hand you the rock as a character. So everybody playing the game ha- already probably already has the rock. And the other characters you can kind of get by chance, essentially. You'd have to kind of use the gotcha system to get the other characters. Though you can buy Kofi Kingston uh, if you get enough of the points on the special mode.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, you have to get like 3,000 of the uh, credits from playing the special story mode, and then you can uh, buy him outright, but also you could just get him on the gotcha thing as well, but, which is cool. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, it just fits so well. The only thing that's annoying that I don't like is I guess they didn't couldn't license the voices for anybody or get anybody into like a studio to record the voice tracks, which also makes sense that they probably couldn't get a whole lot of you know, the six of them to all come in and lay down a few voice tracks for it. Mm. So instead they're using the one of the announcers' voices to just which is kind of fun the first few times but then starts to grate on you. Where you basically whenever they're doing their moves, you have a WWE announcer announcing like, he just did the rock bottom. And things like that, as they're doing their moves instead of hearing their voices, which like the first few times it's like, "Oh, that's kind of funny, that's kind of fun. you know there's this meta announcer announcing all of their moves, but then it's like you realize why it's happening, and also it starts to grate on your nerves if you're playing the game a good sure bit. <laughs> of having an announcer yelling at you a little seems a little bit louder <clears throat> than normal voices too. We'll an All the moves. So, I mean... Um, and it sounds like they're Michael Cole. It sounds a lot like Michael Cole. I wouldn't be surprised if they did actually manage to just get him to come into a booth and record some stuff. Um, it, it, if it, if it isn't him, it's somebody that sounds a lot like him. Michael sure. Cole is kind of one of their longtime famous like currents. I guess I asked uh, the question, is announcer. that a good thing, or is
0: that a bad thing?
2: Um, well, using him is probably a good thing, because he's probably, he's kind of been a staple for them for a while now, Sure, and he's a current staple for them, Uh, but yeah, like I guess it does start to degrade on you. Also, hilariously, John Cena seems to be breaking the game, because he's John Cena, I well, guess. And
0: no one can see him to counter-attack, so...
2: Yeah, it's like, oh, I've been doing the roulette for him. Why is this roulette wheel just blank? Have a bunch of blank spots. But, no, he's straight up breaking the versus matches. Like, they'll just start out and it's an instant KO. (laughs) Like, seriously, like, you'll just start the match and instantly the other character's KO'd. You just automatically win with John Cena. (laughs) So, something weird's going on. I think it has something to do with his intro, probably. Like every, as I said, kind of like WWE. Every time you start any of the game modes, you get a little intro thing with a character. His seems to be breaking the game <laughs> at the moment, but uh, so if you get John Cena, expect some instant wins. So that's a thing, but yeah, uh, yeah. But other than that, I uh, now to get into Destiny Two corner. Uh you want so to talk the about guardian... that statue? Oh yeah, that little, the tiny, tiny little titan statue, it's like, well, it was just as underwhelming as the whole game mode was. Well,
0: you know what the funnier part of that whole thing is? The warlock and the hunter symbol are also on there, so I'm kind of convinced they would just change the coloring for the other ones.
2: <laughs> yeah... It's kind of, yep, yeah, yeah, it's about what I expected out of it, to be honest. Uh, outside of that, there is a the new thing that's going on right now, which is a new quest line for, they've already done, somebody of course did data mining, and it's for a new exotic. Is it an exotic, or is it? No, it's for an exotic, for a a a, a, C, a Destiny 1 exotic. Oh, oh
0: no, we, I, no, no, so Felwinter's Lie is not an exotic. Oh, it isn't? Uh, so, Destiny 1 Felwinter's Lie, and so this is kind of what like to put my uh, old man historian Destiny hat on, is the, the original, the true Fellwinter's Lie is the most powerful gun to have ever happened in Destiny so powerful it had certain perks like removed altogether from its pool because it was possible to make a Fell Winters Life shotgun that could one shot you at like sniper ranges
3: <laughs>
0: yeah it has I, I, it has
2: a different scattering pattern or a very shot pattern pa-
0: yeah I yeah and that was part of the problem like it was the original Winner's Lie was so good that, like, it it became the basis for like, wait, maybe you shouldn't actually use exotics. There are some <laughs> unbelievably broken legendaries.
2: But the new one isn't going to be. I don't know if it's going to be or not. I it's. I don't think that they would make a whole quest line for a legendary. All the pinnacle
0: weapons are technically quest lines, and those aren't exotics.
2: True, but I don't think they would make one that requires. What this one requires, because holy crap! Yeah, I'll just get into that. I don't disagree
0: so, with you. I will just bring up that like Revoker and Luna's howl have incredibly <laughs> shitty quest lines.
2: But oh yeah, yeah, some of the yeah, definitely. But yeah, so what this one requires is all right. So we've already talked about this. I. Uh, who likes the seraph tower events i don't think anybody no. does even i
0: won't defend them as a fun activity
2: <laughs> so the newest quest line is requiring like well all players across uh, at least across the platform i assume to do 9 million seraph tower events exact number 9 million seraph tower events and the response to it was so kind of like, "What the fuck?" That they went back and said, "All right, we're gonna tweak it some." Like if you play it on the weekend, it it goes ten times as fast. Yeah, and I think and it's if you play it during was, the week, it's like two five ex- times.
0: Yeah, it was it? Well, so and it's not. I guess like some things worth noting. It's not per completion. It's per guardian that completes yeah. an event. So if like five of you do it, that's five completions. Which is good, but still, but still, yeah.
2: It's, this is, you know, I reiterate, this is not a an event thing that anybody likes. Yeah. The Seraph Towers are the least fun thing I've done so far. I haven't played Trials of Osiris, so I can't speak to that, but... Trials is its own fun. problem. But the Seraph Towers are not fun, because you can be in there with you know, six of you, like, five good, solid players, and you still fail to finish it, because sometimes that just happens. Like, you typically will need, like, seven or eight people playing at the same time, and good luck getting seven or eight people wanting to actually play that fucking game. Oh, yeah, no, they suck. (laughs) Yeah, because it's just not fun. It's drudgery. It's... it's, uh, It's somehow... Generally, I enjoy playing Destiny 2. There's, a, there's just a lot of fun to it, and just those things are just annoying because uh, the, you grab these basically power pellets to throw at the towers to power them up, but they, the, they, your, the t- thing you're targeting is moving. Every time somebody hits it, it moves closer to the tower. So if somebody managed to stay throw it kind of at the same time, and, hits, and it hits first, yours will just whiff. You'll just miss it. Yeah, the, and um, if you miss it, it blows up, and you can't use it again.
0: No, and I think, like, the the most telling thing I can say on this one is someone figured out that if you hit it with, um, God, what's it called? Uh, the the push shotgun that's name saluting me right now. Um, not Graviton Lance. Um, oh, the, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tractor Cannon. Tractor Cannon. It got the number of balls you had to hit the thing down with by one. Like, that's how much people hated this event, where it's like, okay, there has to be some way of making this suck a little bit less.
2: Hmm. Then
0: they fixed that exploit for after a certain point, but for a while that was like the
2: strat. So am I just smacking it with the Tractor Cannon over yeah. and over again? Oh, great. Yeah. Well, yes, but
0: yeah. The tractor cannon applies a debuff, and like it was the debuff the ball to make it so it required oh. one less things to hit it.
2: Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's... The fact that people were willing to just literally try every gun on that thing, obviously, to see if anything made any... And then measure to see if it helped. Yep. Just goes to show you how much people hate this fucking game mode. But, yep. Or this public event, as it were. But yeah. 9 million times? Did they... Do they never look at any feedback on anything? I guess they do after the fact. But I mean, how could they have put that out and expect that it would be received well when the Seraph Towers themselves have not been received well? I mean, they should have just looked at the per-weekly numbers. I don't know if that's actually kept or anything of, like, how many people that actually take part in it per week? They probably should have taken a close look at that and been like, "Yeah, nine million. Nobody's ever going to want to do nine million. You know, get nine million people to have done this. And it ha- the only way it counts is for it to finish. So you can't just start it. You you have it has to finish properly. I think
0: it's it's one of those ones where you want to take up till the end of the season or as late into the season as it is. You throw a number at it and." In the past, the desk community's done some just dumb stuff. In the amount of time they've had kind of thing. Like I
2: Oh, people are grinding it out this weekend just to get yeah. it done. Oh yeah, uh, I,
0: I'm not saying the nine million was not a bad number to start with, but I get how they get to that number at least a little bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So last I looked last night, they already had done the number required for the E D Z Seraph Tower. Yeah. And they had the Moon moon up to 80%, uh, but IO was still only like 10% yeah, or Io's something. Yeah, IO's the hardest
0: of the three of them, too.
2: Yep, and I think that's why that one's getting pushed to last. Everybody's just worked, because that's the order there are in the when they're listed, is EDZ, yeah. Moon, and IO. And, yep, the IO one is a little more pain in the ass, because uh, the Red Legion is a little bit more pain in the ass to deal with. They're
0: showing up in the EDZ one now. Mm. I didn't know you. Could, I didn't know that could happen until I was playing it a little bit. I think like Thursday, and it was like, huh, oh,
2: okay. Didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, they're a little more just because they they can put up the big giant yep. shields and drop and pods. And, yeah, and drop pods. So unless you're using the uh, a weapon that can, which there are weapon perks right now, weapon that can cut through the shielding. Then yeah, that's. That's, a th- uh, they, they, I can see why maybe the IO one is a little more pain. Yeah. I that the IO one definitely has, is, is mostly Red Legion.
0: Yeah, I fully admit I'm riding the community to uh, Felwinter's Lie at this point. I'm like, nah, they'll get it done.
2: I've taken part in a few of them, and just like, had, there again, like, had it fail, and just, everybody's just like, if you can see dejection in a character model in Destiny 2, That's definitely what I was seeing. No, I get it.
0: (laughs) I definitely get it.
2: Uh, But, yeah, I guess, I mean, I've been still playing War of the Visions, Final Fantasy, Brave Exvius, and, oh god, it's just, there's just so many, I kind of don't want to play it, because there's just, everything has levels, everything in the game has levels, levels have levels, it's just, it's just an infinite, infinite, it's levels all the way down. There's just too, too many different types of items, like classes, of items you need for each of the levels too. That's the thing is like if they all use like one or two different things, but they it, there's just like fifth. I'm gonna say right now there's at least fifty, fifty different types of items that you need to level the characters and their items and their cards and their summons. It's and their weapons, and their armor, and their items—it's—it's it's just too much. They need to simplify that. They really need to simplify that. Like KOF All Star also has different, a few different types of leveling, but it—it's nothing compared to War of the Visions, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. It's just—it's over the top. But anyway, that's—that was—that was my gaming for the week. Uh, I am curious, Alex, how are you enjoying the WWE crossover? I mean, it kind of brought you back into it, right?
1: Uh, I was playing just a little bit before, because I guess somehow they had a returning event I accidentally walked into Mm. kind of situation, so I got that, uh, he looks like stone-colored Akuma Muken or something like that. Oh, yeah, uh, uh,
2: yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. He can turn people to stone.
1: Yeah, so, uh... He's fun on my team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, like I said, I, I jumped back on. They made some changes, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they did fix a bug, which is bothering the shit out of me, which was What's there was, that? if you had any kind of red currency enough to do a summon, the summon clip would always be indicated like, hey, you can do a summon. And it's like, I already did all the uh, boxes. I don't want to summon or use my gems. And it just kept reminding you, hey, hey, you have a, you have a summit and it just drove me fucking nuts but now once you highlight over stuff it'll go away but yeah yeah um no overall i've been, like i said i've been having fun with it um i did play for a while and then i stopped and i just came back maybe last week and i have definitely been enjoying it so
2: i like the well the promotion right before this was was like they're kind of bringing back some of their seasonal characters i managed they they were also giving away sort of a ability to just use a card to choose a chooser a, a choose your own summon card yeah and so i i got another leona i'm trying to get the set of three the three leona characters just because yeah i've mentioned four, that's my favorite character um,
1: i uh i got uh i think new year's geese
2: Hmm. So. He's, he's pretty good i've i've used him I got... I managed, on this last promotion, I managed to get the uh, Lady Zero. And... Oh, yeah. Holy crap, she's o she is super powerful, like any team I put in her into just rolls everything. She's just... she's really powerful. I got like, the
1: other Zero. The, uh... I guess I don't know if Lady Zero's
2: the original or she's a clone. Obviously. No, she well no, she's the lady version that they've done with a few characters. I mean okay. there's Lady Mr. Big and Lady uh Chang and a couple of other characters. But yeah, um you no, know, you got Original Zero. Yeah. She's actually slightly more powerful than Original Zero. and He's already super he is a he is an SNK boss. Yeah. I'll put it that way. For anybody that's familiar with SNK bosses. Zero's definitely an SNK boss. But <laughs> yeah, um but yeah, I I assume you have you gotten any of the other WWE characters yet?
1: Uh I, I I think I only started playing the first day into uh the WWE thing. I haven't launched it in like 2 days cuz it only started I think like what, 3 days ago?
2: Oh yeah, it started like either on my or on my birthday or the day after. Mm. Which is Wednesday. Um But yeah, uh, I assume you got The Rock already. That one is kind of like, they they give you, which they've Mm. done with a lot of these promotions, they'll give you one character to kind of, here's, you know, and I am surprised that they're like, we'll give you the most popular character. Is The Rock still
1: the most popular character?
2: I have to say he's the most recognizable WWE wrestler of all time. Yeah. You do realize that he's not only that, He's the top number one top. Well, like he gets for movies. He's the top paid actor. No, right no,
0: that now. that I'm not confused by. I guess like in the same way that like I never really watched Hulk Hogan wrestle in some ways because he was pre the Attitude Era. I got way into. I still know who mm-hmm. he is. Like, does The Rock have that same thing going on? Where like people that like are way removed from when The Rock was big. Or like was a was still a wrestler at that time? Understand who and what The Rock is and what he is cooking.
2: Um, I think to a large extent, yes.
1: I would have it's, to say yeah,
2: because the thing is, he's come back to WWE to do promos and oh, stuff. Sure, yeah, he's, I guess he does come back more than a lot of other old wrestlers do in some ways. Because he, he is wildly popular, and yeah, I mean that, and he's widely recognizable, and of yeah. course, of course, they're going to have him come back. Have one of the most famous people ever in Hollywood now, as well. I mean, yeah. uh, he's the highest-paid actor in Hollywood.
0: No, no, yeah, I, that's <laughs> not me trying to knock The Rock.
2: Yeah, or no, no, the no Rock's I know. Achievements. Uh, you're you're wondering if people remember his wrestling background.
0: Yes, like is is there someone watching WWE being like, why is that guy from the Fast and the Furious movies and other fantastic sima- cinema
2: at a WWE show? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are some, but I, because not every wrestling fan knows like literally the entire history of wrestling. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, you can be a fan and only know the current wrestlers. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I, I think, I, I think, uh, there's probably definitely some people who are like, who is like, why is my favorite actor <laughs> wrestling or on this wrestling show? But yeah, uh. But yeah, they do just throw you the rock. They're like, here's the rock. You can just have the rock really easily. So that's, that's pretty cool, I think.
1: Well, I hope you're not in a glass house when they throw the rock at you.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... Just out here
0: throwing rocks away.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I would definitely agree with the sentiment that uh, the rock is probably the most popular one. Um, the only other ones I would think are probably as recognizable or close to it would be Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. Just because yeah. their lore is so well entrenched in that. Like, And they have an iconic kind of like character though, well, So
2: And presence, too. Yeah. And especially The Undertaker, who still occasionally comes back and wrestles, so people still know him as a wrestler, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, he just has... Uh, You know, the very iconic, sort of, several different looks. And, you know, it's just... Yeah, he's the Undertaker. The very large dude with red hair. (laughs) that no one remembers
0: has red hair. Because it's the fucking Undertaker.
2: Yeah. And black clothing, usually. He sits up real good. Yep. He does the no pupils thing real good, too. Mm. Yep. But before I go on and on about wrestling, I guess yeah.
0: <laughs> the time for my question for our fans. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I I don't normally spend time in this podcast talking about like the data of our podcast, but I really want to know why the fuck over a hundred unique people downloaded uh, episode one twenty five last week. Uh which episode is one twenty five? More disturbing than big dick lizard man. Mm. Well, like big dick Lizards. Uh, apparently, well. like we. Because I look at the data on a weekly basis kind of thing, I was going through it, and I'm just like, why the fuck do people keep downloading this episode over and over? So what, been, what's
2: covered in the episode? I don't
0: remember. I think it's Soul Caliber, but...
2: Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. 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 No, it's just one of the things I was looking at last week and just was like, why? Why is this the episode that's getting, like it divides up kind of, like, your relevant episodes and your old stuff. Like, yeah, this is your top old stuff. I'm like, but why? This is a question that needs to be asked. Like, I remember that being an amazing episode or anything. Yeah, it's got some horrifying, like, thumbnail art for it, but beyond that, who knows? Yeah, that's that's mostly it. Like, my, my Destiny clan's gotten into drunk ratings, so I got to uh rescue a very poorly conceived Scourge run. There is stream documentation of it out there. I've got another Anarchy, much to my clan's ongoing
2: chagrin. Another what?
0: Uh, the rocket the not rocket launcher, the grenade launcher you get from Scourge of the Pass is a gun called oh. uh, Anarchy. It has mm. a
2: very bad drop rate. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't really done any raids. Scourge of the Pass is one of the Leviathan raids, right? Or not Leviathan. But... No. Um. Uh, uh there's Leviathan, Eater
0: of Worlds, and Spire of Stars are the Leviathan kind of quotation mark raids. Um okay. I guess technically what's it called? Crown of Sorrows is a Leviathan raid, if you want to get technical, but it's very different than the other than Leviathan and the two raid layers. It's still got Callus talking over it, being like, Yes, destroy my shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nah, Scourge is the um, Black Armory raid where you go and fight Metal Gear. Ah, uh, okay. It's. It is the raid that lots of people joke about being easier than a very hard mode version of The Corrupted. Hmm. Yeah, it's possible to get through that raid in like 40 minutes if you're a real MLG pro about it. Hmm.
2: Yeah, for raids, that's fairly short.
0: Yeah, I. I reality at this point in time most destiny raids take between like an hour and 2 hours to get through like if it's an experienced raid team you can typically bang out a raid in 90 minutes give or take some take longer some don't like I, it's and it's almost exclusively the final encounter this must be the choke point for most raids like uh scourge my uh, my clan can definitely get done in like 40 50 minutes if we really push uh uh Uh, Last wish we probably can get done in about two hours if we don't fuck it up too badly. Garden's still a crapshoot. Leviathan, either it goes great or it goes terribly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I have yet to do any raids. I'm I'm in a kind of filthy casuals clan and so it's like people are on and off and just like... With the
0: freeness that is Stadia, I was kind of contemplating to see if I could get some of my clan to just like so we could say we raided on Stadia just because we all can play Stadia right now and cross save exists, like just be like, Yeah, we're raiding on Stadia because we can. <laughs> we could probably do Scourge, I will let you know if we wind up doing something along those lines. Could be fun.
2: But yeah, I have I have not done any of the raids as of yet because yeah, I just don't really have any I'm in a very much a casuals clan. No, no, and I was going to say like is... People are if... on sometimes and sometimes not. And rarely I've seen more than... I've rarely seen more than three or four of us on at the same time. That's how much of a filthy casuals clan it is. That's fair.
0: And I was going to make the offer of, if you guys want me to Sherpa raid for you, I could, but... That would be fun. Yeah, I mean... let me know. At that, that certain raids, I can definitely do that for. Could make fun content. It, yes, if if you want to I, see I can the... remember
2: hmm? if any of my... Uh, uh, exotics that I have still, any of them require a raid or not? No, remember. Um, do any of the exotics require a raid? Several. Um,
0: to get Acrius, you need to do Leviathan. You um, Divinity requires a garden of uh, a garden of salvation, which that one I can't sherpa. Um, no, that
2: one is you need six full people.
0: Yeah, you, that's a raid. You need six people for a raid.
1: Mm. Yeah. There's also the Rat King, right? That's also... That's
2: a Nightfall. That does
0: not require a raid.
1: Really? I could have sworn the last part of it is the raid that you have to No,
0: that's, um, you have to do a Nightfall fast enough with someone else in your party that has
3: oh, a gun. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: For, what, for which gun? Rat King.
0: Rat King. Uh, there is a Rat King strat for Leviathan, but that's a whole separate nightmare. Mm. Hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, the Garden of Salvation one is the one where you have to kind of Connect these lasers together. Am I talking about the right one? Yeah, there are. Yeah, Divin- that one's real weird.
0: Divinity's quest is weird. Yeah, it's very time consuming. Like it can add an extra hour to doing a garden run.
2: Yeah, I haven't even bothered to do the 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 one to get the exotic for whisper, which you have to do the heroic version of the thing you did. Oh yeah, the catalyst. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say. Thought I ran you through that once or something. Oh
2: yeah, yep. not not the catalyst yeah. thing because that one's a pain. Oh yeah, I have not managed. I I've, I've gotten close to doing it on my own, but that's uh, yeah, pain. I was just like, I don't really need the catalyst. I have Darcy. I've gotten Darcy's catalyst. Yeah, and, so th- that's the thing. Like, race. it's
0: not to speak ill of Whisper, but like, we're not even using Whisper for Scourge. We're using Darcy for that because it
2: does quite well with that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, managed to finish off the ca- Catalyst for Darcy, because I don't really use sniper rifles that often, so I only... No one should, because they
0: got nerfed into the goddamn ground. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, I, got, I finally finished off the Catalyst on that, and it does make the gun more effective. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Darcy's a great gun anyway. I just like the idea of it. <laughs> it's literally a smart gun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I weird week on my end so it's been kind of all over the place I, the new uh, this month's pinball table or this week's pinball table in uh, the pinball game I've been playing is the Ghostbuster one and mm. I now need to go look up whether or not that table had like magnets or something because it's a weird like ball whipping mechanic in that thing I think
2: kind of neat oh I'm pretty sure that one does I've uh, that's one I'm kind of familiar with I'm pretty sure that is one with the magnets
0: yep yeah, I, I don't know I play that thing when I'm happy. I play that thing to go to my happy place. It is a great, like, 11 p.m. game to be playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's one of the... That's a really interesting table. I mean, me not even being a pinball fan so much, I am definitely familiar with the Ghostbusters table. It is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: (sighs) I... I'm enjoying it enough, like so that's the thing. I've been I, I kind of held off buying more of the table packs. 'cause I'm like, eh, I put a lot of money into this game comparatively. So like it's like if I was gonna buy something I'd wanted I'd want that Bally West thing I can't have. So I'm like, eh, maybe I should mm. wait till like that comes out and whatever the fuck it's coming out or like I don't wanna put a ton of money into this thing, but I'm like, nah, I probably should buy the Ghostbuster table. This
2: is a legit table. I'm having lots of fun with it and there again in the one the pinball simulator that for that one that's a good pinball simulator yes yeah it's not the bullshit one i have problems with ah,
0: every week i go back and play like whatever the free table is on that thing and every week i'm like right i fucking hate this game <laughs>
2: <laughs> pinball effects is the bad one right
0: yeah no pinball arcade is the fantastic one and like i I've been like deep into this enough. I think I may have a lead on how I can get those tables back in. <laughs> but I've also found myself on like the forums of people defending the effects pinball thing, and oh, they're just wrong. They're fucking wrong about everything. <laughs> I, and I I love the fact that like the same group of people like me that are out there. They're like, okay, if you have this license, fucking do something with it already. Like put those tables back out there. If like. If you're going to take them out of the other game, we don't care. We just want to play those goddamn tables. Please bring them back. But they're not, so we're having a lot of fun Like being petty about what color uh, the fake um, carpet in their like, virtual arcade is and shit like that. Like You know, mm. the, they have hard wood in pinball arcade. You have this shitty bullshit-looking hard-to-look-at carpet here. We know which game is better because it's got a better fake uh, floor. <laughs> yeah, i it's interesting, like, two years later, people are still divisively, and I think deservedly so, like, pissed off about that, like, it's it's not fair to review bomb the game because they lost a license, but, like, people are, like, people to this day, I think, are still, like, calling, like, this game used to be great, then they lost a license, and now it sucks, and I'm like, the game did not get worse, but I get how you got here, like, man, I wish I could legit play Black Knight right now, too, yeah, I know, I am also the angry, yeah. That's it for my end, though. Nothing really super noteworthy to talk about. I built a table. I guess I did build a table at one point. Was that this week or last week? That was this week.
3: It's
0: mm-hmm. an outdoor table for plants, but yeah. It's been a week. News?
1: News? News? So I've...
0: I think we have to start with the best news of this week. And that is the details about our um, online only Evo <laughs> or Evo online, if you will. And I, I even know where to start on this one. Uh, so did we predict this or like, I? I know we've talked about this previously, but we've got more information on our digital Evo, if you will. And, uh, As predicted, it's kind of games with only good or better netcode. Fighting Herds is in because of that netcode, apparently.
1: Yeah.
2: Did I call it, or did I call it?
1: I don't know if we called the online tournament. I know we talked about... Well, actually, I take it back, because when they announced they were canceling Evo, they talked about they were going to do an online thing.
2: Yeah. Um, No, I texted you both about them's Fighting Herds being in it.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember you had mentioned that. Yes, that's oh, yeah. right. I that totally texted to
2: you guys that. And I was like, that's... And what do you know? I'm right. <laughs> this is the best of all worlds. Yeah, I
1: mean, I know Charlie's happy because there's no Smash at Evo this year, so... No, no. In a it, way, he's excited. It's
0: just fighting games at Evo this year,
1: yeah. Smash is a fighting game, bro. No, it's not it's in fact it's a high iq fighting game is it the fact that you don't the fact that you don't understand obviously leads me to believe that you're not the upper echelon of true fighting game enthusiasts i
0: i I beg to differ but so the the official (laughs) list of this gets better like on on one hand i'm super excited there's no smash at evo this year it's the open pools i'm more excited about so uh your official Evo game list this year is Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Sam- uh, Samurai Showdown, Soul Calibur VI, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, Tekken 7, and Undernight in Birth EX Laird, whatever the fuck that game's called.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Very long title. Yes, and long title. So those are
0: the special exhibition and content stuff. Um It's not quite clear how that's going to work, but we do have four open pool tournaments. And they are for Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat 11, Skullgirls 2nd Encore, and Them's Fighting Herds. Because those are the four best online games, apparently. And what makes me really happy about this is that not only is Smash gone, but KI and Skullgirls are finally having their moment. And right.
1: yeah. well I mean KI has had their moment before. Skullgirls, I think this is the first time actually being on the Evo yeah. roster, right? Yeah. No, yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. And I- I'm not taking away that moment from Skullgirls, but I'm mostly excited that KI is back because that game went away but from Evo. But the community for that game has still been way too goddamn strong, so open digital pools for that could be Fucking amazing.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, I think it'll be extremely competitive. I mean, like, thems finding herds only recently came out yeah. of their their early access. So it's only really been fully finished recently. Yep. Um. So to a certain extent, there's still going to be a lot of players still kind of feeling it out. I may enter that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I,
1: I am a little disappointed that the Power Rangers game didn't come out, but I was listening to some reasons mm. why, um, it's and a it licensing probably has to do thing, with potentially. Yeah. Yes, it's a licensing thing because some countries don't have uh, access to buy the game, so you wouldn't be able you wouldn't be able to do like a quote unquote world tournament. Yeah, if there are people who can't even buy the game to play it online, so which yeah. makes sense. But um, I've been listening. If that wasn't a thing, we'd probably see uh, the Power Rangers fighting game on there. Yeah. But Yeah.
2: Yep. But we got thems fighting herds. It appears we're also still gonna get the
0: Marvel vs. Capcom 2 special tournament, too. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it looks like they're gonna... Does that have good netcode?
0: So, no. And there is a theory about this, where, like, there are ways you could, via social distancing and a shit ton of, like, extension cables and stuff, potentially have the ability to do like local fighting game tournament while still like it's why they're not open pools. Like you, you basically make an invitational only thing and just do like top sixteens or something in a mm-hmm. like super spread out kind of way. Like most um fighting sticks connect to the consoles now via USB. Just slap some USB extenders on there at that point or something silly. Yeah. And have like two separate TVs or something. It's not clear how they're going to do that. There's been a bunch of theories about how it may or may not work, but any Evo that features not just KI, but also uh, Skullgirls as, like, main event open pool things is something I want to watch.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Skullgirls 1 I think will be very good because that game has been out for a minute now.
0: Yeah, same with KI.
2: And so, yeah, both of those have some very competitive players playing in it. Some very excellent competitive players, so... Those might actually we might see some really exciting matches in those. I'm excited. Well, this this is going to be the first Evo in a very long time that I've actually been interested in watching. Yeah, it's weird <laughs> like
0: to get Skullgirl like as as, as much as being like Alex were kind of talking like maybe this is finally the Evo we go to cuz Marvel versus Capcom not going and seeing that is made a little bit better by the fact that Skullgirls and KI are in it. I'm like yeah. fuck yes games i actually like watching yeah. and also the conspiracy to kick smash out of evo is finally complete
1: <laughs> <laughs> i will say one thing's interesting about this whole thing is um they're not gonna just do everything at once they're yeah. actually that's one of the things that i i i, I don't know if he mentioned it yet
0: no we're gonna get to it so evo is now five weekends so starting the july 4th the 5th weekend and then running through to August 2nd, the weekends will be for Evo, essentially. it's not. There's no official schedule, I don't think, of what event is on what weekend, but you're getting an entire month of Evo, kind of, which in its own way is kind of cool.
1: That is kind of neat. I mean, you get five weekends of fighting game tournament stuff with no Smash. I mean, it, it's literally the FGC's dream come true. Yeah. Or at least Kappa subreddit dream come true, so... <laughs>
0: As as much as I enjoy seeing the Smash community upset, I do feel bad, but also not that bad. <laughs>
2: feel bad until you get one whiff of them. Then it's like, I'm, oh. I'm surprised they didn't throw in something like the uh, one of the KOF games, uh, like the, or the classic ones, like 2002 or 98. Those have good hmm. netcode? Oh, they have great netcode. Yeah, KOF I, games have great netcode, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if they have good ones, I'm surprised it's not part of this, but also it may just be not a big enough player pool to be pulling from. I don't know.
2: Uh, they're older games. I sure. Mean, that don't necessarily have the same pull as, say, the M- MVC2. Yeah.
0: Well, to to move on from Evo to less controversial news topics about how great it is that Smash just got kicked out of uh, Evo. but. <laughs> Jokes aside, I, I do feel bad for Smash players that are hoping to see that game this year.
1: <laughs> no, you fucking don't! No, I
0: don't, but I, I can see it <laughs> and try and not to laugh really. through it. <laughs> your comedian game is trash. Get over it. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: We've tolerated your scum presence long enough. Get the fuck out of the FTC. <laughs> we got some kind of. It's a weird week, like if you expected I I was not expecting game announcements this week, but so that kind of got kicked off with Tony Hawk 1 and 2 or getting a remastered I'm assuming it's one
1: game Uh, Yeah, it's 1 and 2 remastered together
0: It'll be available September 4th, which is pretty cool but also, holy shit they're remastering the two good Tony Hawk games
1: Yeah, And they're bringing back all the old stages
2: Yeah but like, you know what they're also doing? Hmm. They are making old in, skaters. Yes, like what they look like now. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're bringing in skins for the skaters as they look now.
1: That's
0: funny. I, I, for one, look forward to playing as geriatric Tony Hawk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> did you? Uh. Did, so Jablinski Games did a promo. Thing. I guess they had recorded prior to this getting announced that mm. they went to an old like an iconic skate park somewhere in LA I think sure. and mm. like they have cameos from all the like a bunch of these old skaters from the Tony Hawk games and seeing like old Chad Muska Chad Muska I think his name was is odd
0: yeah it turns out skateboarders don't age super well except for Tony Hawk
2: <sighs> yeah that dude still he's like in his 50s
1: yeah I mean, he's in his 50s easily yeah yeah,
2: he he still looks like, kind of looks like Tony Hawk. Well, like, I, I, I think mean, the
0: difference is he still skates, like, not in the same he way does. he did back in, like, peak Tony Hawk days, but like, I think yeah. it was, like, last year, the year before, he got out there and, re- like, did another 900, like, proving it's yeah, I can still do them, they're just way harder for me now. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a live stream of him just, like, relearning how to do a fucking 900, and I took him, like, three or four hours, and by the end, he's like, yeah, okay, we're good, I can do them still.
1: But, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just funny seeing all these old school guys show up again for the like promo. And like, the
0: music, the reminded of, like, hey, uh, what Tony Hawk games used to be. <laughs> like, seeing an HD version of that grind meter
1: is ridiculous. Yeah. But also, like, it's kind of a weird, like, I don't want to say it was a, like, it's a weird coincidence, but I happened to share earlier this week, um, I guess Goldfinger is, like, doing a lot of their, sand, like, like, their old covers or their old songs. Sure, fuck it, why like not? quarantine versions of them. And oh, so yeah, I, I, saw, I, happen, I
2: saw one of those.
1: And I happened to share the Superman one uh, on my Facebook the other day, and then, like, one or two days later, boom, Tony Hawk Remastered! So, you're welcome, everyone. I am solely responsible for bringing back the Tony Hawk Remastered uh, games in HD, so you're welcome, all of you. This is where you applaud me. You do know that song's called Kryptonite, not Superman, right? Well, that's what they labeled it. They labeled it as Superman on their YouTube channel. We're talking Three Doors Down, right? No.
2: no. Goldfinger.
1: What the fuck's Goldfinger's
0: song about being Superman, then? It's, it's the from one it's like, it's like
2: the Tony Hawk song. I never pay so much attention to the soundtrack. To if he... Everything I can,
1: holding on to what I am, pretending I'm a Superman. I don't know this song. Oh,
2: Charlie. <laughs> I don't see how you don't
0: remember it. I'm very good about not knowing music that I don't care about. <sighs> it's a superpower almost. <sighs> Pop culture music's kind of my kryptonite. I No.
1: Can we just end the podcast now? <laughs> just wrap it up. Just just fucking go to viewer mail or whatever. Let's just <laughs> get a good run. <laughs>
0: Uh, moving on I guess uh, <laughs> EA got out there I guess uh, Bioware that, that company that's part of EA so it's, we probably should distinguish got out there and said "Yep, we're working on Anthem
3: 2.0
0: but it's gonna be a while surprising no one and also making us all go oh right they're working on Anthem 2.0 still uh, it also kind of made people think wait there's an Anthem?
3: <laughs>
0: no no that's not confusing anyone anyway. we definitely know Anthem existed <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean sure if you wanted an iron man flight simulator i i stand
0: by that game still was fun to play it wasn't good <laughs> but i had a lot of fun playing it
1: i mean roller coasters are fun even though they only last like a minute and some change I, sure
3: <laughs>
1: and then after that it's the same shit when you get back on back in line yeah i I don't disagree
0: with this. That's the sad part. Like no, everything you're saying about playing Anthem is not inaccurate, but it does not change the fact that I will I will ride or die for that game was fun. Was it good? No, but it was still fun. Like there was fun to be had in that game. Yeah. That's why I want a better and version I, of it.
1: And I fully realize the irony of me an MMO player talking about, "Oh, it's the same shit just, you know, over and over again." Yeah, I fully recognize the iron in that. But on the plus side, at least for me, different roller coaster, but the concept it's still a roller coaster. I like to think them is literally of it's, just the same ride over and over. I, I like to think of it where they like put, they put up new
0: signage, but it's the exact same ride. It's like well, it's like it's like it's two rides you go back and forth between. Them. It's like, okay, I've done this, and they're, they're like still repainting the other ride. I'm like um, we're not ready for them
1: yet, so uh, shit. I don't know if it's the same ride with different signage. I would say it's a different ride just because the things are slightly different, but it's still, you're at the theme park. Yeah. Anthem is just literally the same. You can only get on Log Jammer so many times. Says you. <laughs> no, but you're not wrong. Yeah, it's... The parts of
0: that game I will defend is fun to play. I don't think the rest of it's particularly good. But we're not here for another kind of Charlie Defends Anthem a little bit, despite being like, nah, it's still bad.
1: Think. <laughs> so here's here's my question for you on this one. So we know like No Man's Sky had a fucking disaster of a launch and it was a disaster for a while. But now No Man's Sky has definitely redeemed itself and earned a couple of awards post its release, it did take some time. Do you think Anthem will have the same like climactic turn in its design, or do you think it's just gonna flounder? Who
0: knows? I, I have faith. A thing we will get a new anthem at some point. How that happens and how screwed anthem players feel by it, I will never have an answer to. Like,
2: I mean, we saw. A com- I mean, you know, with Final Fantasy Online, it was complete. Com- they just completely remade it, made it into a very good MMO. So, oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not
0: impossible. So. Oh, yeah, no, I think it's one of those ones where the things you would fix about Anthem are, on paper, very achievable things. Hypothetically, like it's hmm. Anthem is the antithesis of a game where, like, it's the man. The stuff you got right is really good and could totally be like this groundbreaking thing for an MMO style game. The issue is the rest of it around that is kind of hot busted trash that like feels very rushed. Like again, like. The second-to-second gameplay of Anthem is fantastic. Like, it has that same Destiny shoots good thing going on where it's like, yeah, no, playing this game is defendably fun. It's the, oh, I gotta go kill a thousand of these. like, the Seraph Tower situation feels right at home for an Anthem event, if you will. Like, oh, do this. (laughs) It's like, but why? Mm. Yeah, it's like, the Seraph Tower events don't make the shooting in Destiny feel any worse. You just feel bad about what you're doing to justify that shooting. It's, it's just like, no, I don't want to be shooting these things for this reason. <laughs> Still good shooting, but no.
3: Okay.
0: I Yeah, to answer your question, I totally believe you can do a good Anthem. I, I don't know if we will get a good Anthem. Like, it's... It's a game about collecting Iron Man armors and then customizing them. Like, that by itself is something that, like, sold, like... That is Warframe. Like, that is how Warframe kind of sells itself. Where it's like, yo, you like weird space armors? Yeah. There's a story here, but it's nonsensical and kind of weirdly hard to get into. And absent from a a shocking amount of the first 100 hours of gameplay. Hmm. Yeah, it's... As someone who plays several games that get by on just good gameplay alone, I totally believe you could have a good Anthem. Whether we get a good Anthem is a separate topic. Okay. In that same vein of things, though, uh, they got out there and announced Mafia Trilogy. That's right, all three Mafia games in one package, which, if you're familiar with the Mafia games, that's a potentially really weird package. Because the first one was Grand Theft Auto, but hey, you have to care about speeding and stopping for red lights. The second one was kind of defendably good and had some real personality to it. And then the third one is a dramatic departure from the other two where it's all about racism and murdering the Ku Klux Klan. It's good <laughs> okay. still, but I it definitely has a, like, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. One of you has a black protagonist, and not like stereotypical Italian stereotypes. Well, it does, but you're not playing as them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought the sec, I thought the second and third one in that franchise were fucking fantastic games, and mm. they want to remaster them. Power to them. That first yeah, one, I think, is gonna be an interesting ordeal.
2: Screens they've released, they they look really good. Yeah, they look nice. Oh,
0: that's the thing too. Like Mafia Three was a good looking game like that game had fi- that did fire well like, that's a recent enough game it had some real open world bullshit going on in a good way i it was a nice game yeah i i only stopped playing it cuz it's like very much a territory control where it, it it's open world go do stuff you re- level up your control of a territory then go kill someone which at the time that was every open world game and i wasn't mm-hmm. feeling it but yeah no i that, that third Mafia game alone, if you've not played it, is reason enough to potentially pick this up, because it's a hell of a game. You get to throw people to alligators. Is all you really want, and involving like, voodoo hand grenades, but that's a whole separate topic. We're to next? Uh, Apex Legends, a game that we don't talk about much, but we talked about enough, it felt like Justified bringing this up, got up there and announced Season 5. New character Loba, but also more importantly, single player mode, or I guess not PvP mode. I guess it's more accurate.
1: Huh?
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, PVE mode—that's probably the more accurate description of it.
1: So what the fuck is the PVP PVE mode? You just it's... you just fight AI? Like what? This is a battle royale game. What's my brain? It ah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it is an original franchise, so they can get away with like kind of adding new stuff. I could see this working out. I don't know if it's gonna just kind of turn into an interesting Borderlands esque situation. Well, so they have like abilities that's and thing. such.
0: I think that's the thing. Like, you have the situation where Borderlands three came out, and now that you can buy Borderlands on a platform, you'd expect to hear a lot of people being like, "Fuck yeah, Borderlands." But I, I don't think Borderlands 3 is that good a game in all things. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't bother completing it, because I got bored playing it. And I think there is a world where you're looking at that, and you go, okay, cool. What if we did just give you a game that was about weapon customization, a la the way the Battle Royales are, and like give you like, Okay, you have the main backbone that is the PvP Battle Royale mode, but... Hey, Fortnite did a real good job of pivoting into just not one thing, and yeah. like, could we get people to play Apex that maybe don't care about Apex if it's just a PvP game? Like, how I might check Apex out again when they add this. Yeah, I mean, it's not already out.
1: I probably, I probably will myself now. Yeah,
2: actually. I probably won't. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you quit Borderlands because you became bored, lands. Because you were bored
0: of it. That was too much of a stretch, even for you, man. I, I, I appreciate no. the extra long hike no. you took to get there, but the destination was not worth the mile and a half through brambles and over a cliff.
1: No, I always own up to these. Like, I, I, I'm running with this one. Bored lands. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I'm inter- I'm interested to see what the. Uh the PvE, you know it is i guess well, they have a blog that talks about it in details but and
0: they're adding like quests and stuff like that to it too like it's a this is a pretty a, a kind of expansive thing that have has i'm curious about this like if this yeah. is like if, if, if this is how i get my beloved titanfall 3 but like hey we're starting off as a multiplayer game but then we'll add in the single player later i'd be okay mm. with that
1: okay
0: yeah i if you want to add Titanfall 3 to Apex, I'll play the shit out of the Titanfall 3 part of Apex. Oh, dude. Just throwing that they one should, out now.
1: They should do like a... Was it a, just kind of like how you have KOF and WWE? They should add a Titanfall X Apex Legends kind of cross-connection event it, or something. It's a shared
0: universe, so it's like, it wouldn't even be a cross. It's just like fucking add Titans to the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, in a battle royale, that might be weird because Fortnite did add some Titan-esque things people got really fucking mad i think it was one of the least played seasons uh when they started adding oh no, yeah you're right
0: just add the fucking pilot from titanfall that i can wall run in and i'll be fine yeah I'm, I'm still mad about that fucking trailer from the xbox x event where just it's like like oh look it's like oh it looks like titanfall it's not there's swords and swords make every game suck
2: <laughs> look at that slow sword action Swords are good in Destiny 2, though. Yeah,
0: but they're also third person. I guess maybe like what I meant to say is like first person swords are bad. Hmm. Because we're on the top of competitive games. Valorant got out there and banned 8,873
2: cheaters from good. a beta. <laughs> good. Wow. It's just. Why are people that desperate to cheat? I... Clout. <laughs> It's the just, same reason.
1: Uh, the same reason you have dumbasses who do shit like st- run over or stand over the fucking poppies at the field for the fucking Instagram. It's the clout.
2: Well, it's to, to me. It's just like it's a, It would feel very hollow to cheat my way to victory. It's like you didn't really win. You, not really. You, you kind. Uh, it's like it's just the most hollow. F- I, like, alright, I can get kind of get cheating on a single player game where it's like, I can't get past this level, I'm gonna use some sort of a cheat. When when you're playing competitively, it just means that you can't win on your own merits. It's, yeah, I, I, I would see that as ego deflating. And if you like, can't, you know, hang, you know, hang with the good players because Aldo the people that use cheats are people that are just, I don't know. Well,
0: I'm not sure how much you've run into the idea of the account recoveries in Destiny 2, but it's a bit of a problem, and it's part of what's making the whole trial situation extra bad. But uh, it's it's a weird topic. Like i got guys in my clan that have some weapons because they did re- account recoveries, which is when you have someone else kind of do a thing for you
2: oh yeah I've, i i i i am aware of that being a thing you can pay for it's a service yeah you can pay for somebody else to play your account and get that exotic or whatever you're trying yeah, to yeah typically it's pinnacle weapons mm-hmm.
0: but yeah it's 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 a bit of a problem, but what I was to get into like i I spent a weird amount of time this week watching a variety of like investigatory documentaries into what the fuck is up with that, and it's like, yeah, no, um it's a real market at this point, that whole system. Like, it's possible yeah. to make some pretty decent money but that's, doing That's not recoveries.
2: even as much cheating as... You're just getting a, a very good player to play for you, which is a form of cheating. It's not yeah. really you, but... But that's less bad than using just using a program that just auto-aims for you. Oh, yeah, you.
0: no, I'm not saying it's any... I'm not saying it's worse, but I... In my mind, like, at least, like, you're going through the... At least you're running more of a personal risk at that point, cheating. Like, it's... The account recovery stuff rubs me the wrong way because it causes other problems in the game. Like, cheating is just cheating. It's like, yeah, I know you're a shitty person for doing it, but I don't know. You'll get banned versus, like, getting... The person that's the problems not going to get banned in an account recovery situation. I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, it's...
2: You mean if you paid for somebody to play and then they were, like, shitty or something? Or, like, shitty to other people? Yeah. Talking about, and then they get the account banned? Yeah. That's a danger you would run with paying somebody to play for your account. Well, yeah, and it's it, but it's also one of those ones where are like part of the tri- issue
0: with trials right now is it's people doing recoveries and runs and stuff like that, which makes getting into it very hard. Where it's like, no, no, these are all low level based on their stat characters. They're just being played by someone that if they actually played this character for more than like a weekend would have. Like this would be matched better, and I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think both of them are the same kind of similar levels of shittiness. Yeah, and I
0: I think it's more like there's less cheating on the the console side. The cheating is very rampant on the PC side of things. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: It's just, I just think all forms of cheating is just like, well, you didn't really do it yourself. Yeah. It's like, you didn't do it on your own merits. It's the most hollow victory I can imagine. Like, how would you, yeah, I mean, You wouldn't really feel good about yourself. I don't don't see why... I don't know, I just don't see any reason for it. Because it just seems like the reward is not really a reward. It's a reminder of, you're not good at this game. I'm not
0: sure it matters for some people. They get to have the thing, and they get to have flawless in their title or something like that. I don't know.
3: Yeah.
2: But not really. It's like a big asterisk on it.
0: Yeah, but you playing against them don't know that necessarily.
2: What I'm saying is, they know it. They know they're a fraud. Right,
0: and I'm saying they just don't care at that point. Like, that's that's not a mystery to me. Like, they just don't care.
2: Oh, no, that is a mystery to me. How you could not care. We should move on to something. else.
0: <laughs> hey, Alex, you ready to say uh, Epic Bad?
1: Um, yeah, sure.
0: Even though they gave out Grand Theft Auto Five this past week for free?
1: Yeah, have you seen the violence... And the drug use in that game? Epic Bad, clearly giving that free to the kids? How could they? Did you see all the memes of people out there
0: being like, maybe I misjudged you, Epic? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. All it took was bribes. Yeah. Simpletons, you weak willed individuals, hold strong for f- Papa Gaben. God. But yeah.
0: That's not actually the news I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to lead in with that, because that that by itself <laughs> isn't really news. The fact that uh, Fortnite will be waiting for you on the uh, Xbox X and the uh, PS5, that's the news from this week. So don't yeah. worry, oh. Fortnite's got you.
1: Oh, good. Also, I like it in the show notes it's written BXX.
0: I don't know how I misspelled <laughs> it that badly. <laughs> this has been a
1: weird podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad Fortnite will be there.
0: No, no, while we're on the Epic topic and completely opposite ends of that spectrum, Epic got up there and said that until you make a million bucks on your game, no royalties have to go to the have to go to the Unreal
2: Engine.
1: Oh wow, that's yeah. impressive.
2: Yeah, and it it kind of speaks ties into what we've talked about before, which uh, recently before, which is the fact that many games. Don't end up making that much money, and 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 to be honest, Epic's agreement all along has been pretty generous in that if you didn't want to pay their upfront fee to just buy it, by the Unreal Engine outright, it was ten percent. You'd get ten percent of your sales. Well, now you you don't pay any royalties until until after the first million, which is even more generous. But also, there again, it's like. There, it's making it even easier for smaller studios to try to get out there and make some money and at least cover their costs. So,
0: well, And then on top of that, did either of you two watch the um, Unreal Engine tech demo they did for the PS5? Yes. Uh,
1: not yet, no. So,
0: it's... Track down the Vimeo version, because the YouTube version's compressed and shitty by comparison, but, holy shit! Like, to... Show that off at the start of this week, then end that this week with, oh, and by the way, we're making it even more accessible to to use these systems than before. That's a pretty good strategy on their part. Yeah. Yeah. He has to jump from one Sony thing to another. Sony got out there and officially announced that uh, Sony Studios is now a thing. Oh. Uh, Kind of in the same way that uh, Xbox has branded a bunch of internal Thread phrase Studios into... What's well, an it's X- PlayStation
2: X- Studios, not Sony Studios. Sorry, you're right. PlayStation Studios, my bad. I it was Sony mm. Studios previously. Yeah, it was Sony Interactive mm. Entertainment.
0: Yeah, sorry, yeah, they, they've rebranded that, but most of that just means this is the official kind of catch-all title for Naughty Dog, Santa Monica Game Studio, or Santa Monica Studios Insomniac, basically. Everyone that Sony owns is now under one big umbrella, which is more just kind of, corporate jargony speech but it does kind of sp- yeah. it, it, it's it's almost a response back to Xbox doing it, the exact it's same branding thing. yeah is what it is it's branding mm. and it also kind of opens up the door for Sony games on not ps5 hypothetically oh interesting well it it makes the idea it makes kind of that path forward a little bit more sensible where it's not gorilla games putting a game out on the PC it's so it's a PlayStation Studios at that point Basically, it's kind of a publishing angle in some ways. But we have a nuke umbrella for all the internal Sony studios. Yay for corporate jargon speak.
1: When do we get PlayStation All-Stars 2, though? I think the time is now. I think if you had really
0: good netcode, there's a void in the Evo and competitive FGC scene for kind of a more almost party casual at base level <laughs> fighting game to get into i'm kind of surprised no one out has made a game like i feel like it would be widely successful as like a mascot fighter almost or something
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but no it's never been a better time for playstation all-stars 2 what next um we'll talk about publishers uh humble indie publishing is now just humble games
2: but they are also expanding it a bit they're going to, they're making it more clear that uh that as a publisher they're going to actively like make it clear that they are actively helping independent publishers with things like marketing financing you know assistance essentially all through the process, which is a big thing for you know your kind of starting indie company where you don't necessarily have anybody involved that's that has experience with like Managing teams or timelines or anything like that, and so they're they want to help out with more of the process and they're making it clearer where it was the humble original band uh, brand now it's humble games, yeah they're I think that's really cool I mean it's there's a lot in the business that like people aren't going to know a lot about I mean that that's thing I was teaching this for like three years was about how you know it's more than just programming and developing within an engine. There's a whole system involved on, you know, your milestones in your development, as well as, like, what, you know, marketing and financing and things like that have to do with the, will have to do with it as well. So, I mean, if they're going to help, and it sounds like that's a part of their initiative, to really help the independent teams with the kind of, yeah, things that aren't obvious if you're just, if if you've only been a programmer or a 3D you know graphic designer or a sound designer you aren't necessarily familiar with the kind of the pipeline for developing a game or the time for, you know the you know how to how to do time management and marketing and things like that that yeah you you won't necessarily have, you know you have a team of 10 people or you know or you know maybe more or less than that you don't necessarily have any marketing people in your team. You don't necessarily have anybody on your team that's like a senior engineer that knows how to kind of run the production of a game. Yeah, so I, think, I think this is actually a really big thing.
0: Yeah, the fact that like anytime time a studio moves into self-publishing, it makes big news, isn't because well, it's partially because like oh they're like, they're, they're removing a factor from it, but like publishers exist for a reason, and so it's kind of yeah. hard to actually like making a game is hard selling a game is just as hard in some ways
2: yeah and if and there again it's like even not even with necessarily even getting in the marking just the development of a game just how, how to kind of set good milestones and guidelines and how to lead somebody through that process that's not something you necessarily know how to do as a, just as a, you know, a developer, you know, whether you're developing assets or programming code or whatever, you don't necessarily know how all that works together or how to organize a team to do that together. I mean, it's, it's a process and yeah. And and yeah, I think it's really cool that Humble Games, that Humble is going to kind of, Try to steer people through that process, steer these newer companies through that process, very interesting, yeah, yeah, I mean just from the you know kind of the development side of things it's it's one of those thing it's one of those sort of more it's not as highly publicized or visible thing about a game it's marketing or it's management, <laughs> essentially like you don't you don't hear a whole lot of news about you know, famous managers of games, you hear about kind of game designers and stuff, but anyways, yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting, very interesting initiative.
0: Yeah. we'll see how it works out for them. I Everything they've kind yeah. of done in this space has worked out pretty well, so I got no, nothing but faith will wind up working out, but yeah, a more indie developer-friendly publisher is definitely not a bad thing. I, I'm kind mm-hmm. of curious how Devolver feels about this. <laughs>
2: Well, but I mean, it's I mean, Devolver has been doing this all along. But, That's what I'm know. getting
0: at. Yeah, it's this kind of Devolver's bread and butter in some ways.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's not like Devolver can cover every single game company that you know game company that wants to exist. So sure, yeah, more yeah. more the merrier, I'd say. No,
0: no as much as Devolver's uh, targeted marketing ads every E3 work very well convincing me that if you're not being yeah. published by Devolver, what the fuck are you doing in life? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying, like, Devolver should be the only ones in this space, just kind of, this has been their space for so long, the, like, fam- like family-friendly is the wrong word, but, like, the, hey, do you have a cool game you want to sell? We got you. Yeah. Do you like barbecues and murderous CEOs? We got you. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're on the topic of devs and publishers. Uh, Gravity Well is a new game studio from the people behind my favorite game, Titanfall. In in the weirdest way possible, we now have a studio set up by ex-respawn people that were ex-Infinity Ward people, and Gravity Well's (laughs) focus is to be anti-crunch and pro-remote work, essentially. Kind of carry on the lessons we're learning in this time of COVID into the future, which potentially could be a good thing, I think. I. I think the working from home situation is opening up a lot of people's eyes to possibilities. On really, do you have to have an office for some of this bullshit? But
2: yeah, and also, I mean, and this has kind of been a side mention, and I mentioned, and I actually mentioned this before, is like, like people with disabilities have been kind of talking about this for years. Is like, you know, why couldn't you know maybe it'd be easier for me to stay at home and work just because I. Everything at home is already set up to make it easier for me yeah. to work. Why wouldn't you just let me work? Well, you know, well, obviously they some some jobs they could have done this all along, which is kind of there again, That's kind of like a uh dis- people with disabilities are like, yeah, we knew that we co- we kind of already knew that this could have been a thing. You know, remote work could have been a, done a thing for a lot of different types of jobs all along. Just that like companies didn't want to do it, because basically there's this assumption that, oh, you work from home, you're just going to be lazy.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, which is a dumb assumption.
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You can be
2: you can be lazy at an office. Yes. <laughs> Are <laughs> you saying.
1: kidding me? Never.
2: <laughs> Some might say it's actually
1: <laughs> easier to be
0: lazy at an office. You're physically there, oh, yeah. so it looks like you're working.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But in any case, yeah, I think it's good to see, you know, more companies. I mean, I, I've saw re- you know I've seen reports also of some other companies like, hey, you know what? From now on, I guess we could just actually have more remote work in general.
0: Well, yeah, you had um, fucking Twitter like get out this there this week and be like, yeah, you can work from home forever. Like in a yeah. weird like not menacing There's no way of saying that since without sounding like they're not gonna go kill people in their homes, but. <laughs> you can work
3: yeah. from
1: home forever.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I was halfway expecting that article to be like Ben Stiller from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, your fingers hurt? Well, now your, now your pack's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. Oh, else's fingers hurt, huh? Like, that's what I was expecting for, but it's like, <laughs> no, you can just work from home. Like, oh, okay. Um, thank you. I went the
0: opposite direction where it's like Twitter it was one of those ones where Twitter realizes how useless employees are and now has AI to do all Twitter development required. You can work from home forever because you've been laid the fuck off. (laughs) Via AI. We finally have enough words in a system that we've gained sentience.
1: Yeah. Elon Musk was right. The AI age is here.
0: Uh, Following the pissing match between the state of California and Elon Musk this week has been kind of entertaining, but also just really makes you hate everything going on in the world in a new way. (laughs) Uh, Because it's been so popular, we got some Assassin's Creed news for you this week. Uh, Apparently, aside for looking silly as hell, the uh, new uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's Hidden Blade will be deadly in the way it used to be in the older games. It sounds like Valhalla may play a little bit more like the uh older Assassin's Creed games and less kind of loot driven. I as part of my research for this, I dove down a bizarre rabbit hole of people like who are still definitely fans of what Assassin's Creed are, kind of like breaking down the different types of Assassin's Creed games that exist and like really narrowing in on which of those are their favorite based on a considerable amount of kind of quantitative effort on their part. It's completely time wasted, I hate to say, but at the same time, I, I now understand that kind of there are four Assassin Creed games, I guess, that kind of revolve around the central idea of is it an RPG or is it an action game, and then the subdivision of both of those are how much of a big deal is the boat.
2: Yeah, it's it's still not a hidden blade. I mean... It's it's not a hidden blade. I it's, saw a
0: picture of it, maybe having a retractor device on it, but it does not help that every image I've seen of it's just like out there. Yeah, it's, and also on top of the wrist.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I guess you know they're they're bringing back the insta kills with it, which they haven't had in in a few games now. The How of, are there
1: no insta kills with a knife that goes like through your neck? Like it's well, it's just...
2: because the last two games been <sighs> pretty aggressive, like gear levels and stuff.
1: Oh. That's yeah. so fucking stupid.
2: I They pretty much took the Assassin out of Assassin's Creed. But also, like, put games. it
0: more back in by, like, giving you bows and an emphasis on stealth via range. I, I, I am not defending the last two Assassin's Creed games. They were not for me. They were way too fucking long and kind of in, in my mind the epitome of the shit that Ubisoft has turned open world games into a little bit, but they are for a group of people that really seem to like that RPGification of that franchise but also people like me that want like Assassin's Creed games to be a tight 20 and not a luxurious 100 (laughs) a bit alienating
1: hmm this just sounds so
0: stupid Uh, it's it's an interesting fandom I it doesn't not make sense now that I've spent more time looking into it like I I, I will not claim to be an a expert on the uh, the Assassin's Creed fan base, but there is more there than I think I thought originally when I started kind of going down the, this can't be a real thing. Oh, this is a very real thing path. But last but not least, we have our not E3, E3 press conference uh, schedule. It's elongated. So uh, May 12th, we'll get uh, Summer Games Fest.
2: That means it's already Which- happened, didn't it? That already happened. Did I just fucking miss this altogether somehow? I thought... Uh, it, yeah, I mean... I missed it too. It's like... I, But it's a months-long digital yeah. event. So, I mean... It started already, but I don't think anything major has been really done for it so far. Nothing that I can remember.
0: No, so if you go to the... Uh... Summer Game Fest website. June ninth is the the Stream Game Festival. Sorry, the Steam, Steam. Game Festival. Wow. Uh, June eleventh is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and June eleventh is EA Play. Things were all a little bit useful, used to at this point. A uh, sign called the Gorilla Collective is getting a multi day showcase, um, from June sixth to what's the date? June eighth. Uh, sorry.
2: Um, This includes
0: stuff from the guys behind Frostpunk, Baldur's Gate, Eternity 2, Disco Elysium. It could be cool.
2: Yeah. Why is it called the Guerrilla Collective? Really, because it's a lot of indie games. Makes sense.
0: The PC gaming show will happen June 6th. Yeah. I'm assuming it's just like the thing they've done every year for E3, right? The Just weird, like, hey, we're at E3, but not E3.
1: Yeah, because they've had the PC schedule as part of their E3 thing yeah. and all that. So
0: Yeah, so we just kind of talked about these as part of the Game Fest. You've got the Steam Game Festival, June ninth, CD Projekt Red, Night City Wire, which I guess will be the... We're going to give you a bunch of information about that uh real small game known as Cyberpunk 2077. That'll be June 11th, <laughs> and EA plays uh June 11th as well, actually. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, Ubisoft Forward is July 12th. That'll be the equivalent of their E3 showcase. And Microsoft and Xbox are doing something in July. No date yet called Xbox 2020. Sony's still mysteriously absent from the schedule.
2: Uh, Devolver Digital is still planning something like they usually do every year. I hope
0: they do something. Their version of a Zoom press conference could be amazing.
2: Yeah. But yeah, they have they haven't put a specific date on it yet. Um Square Enix basically said that they aren't they aren't doing anything like that. They're just gonna do their normal kind of announce a game as they go instead of kind of trying to make one big event where they announce a bunch at the same time. And well, they've
0: been on that track for a couple years now too. Like they did yeah. that video a couple years at, like last
2: year through just like, okay, this might have been better being part of someone else's thing. Yeah, so they're not. They've already made it clear that they're not going to do a big EA style one-off announcement. They're just going to kind of do yeah. little ones throughout the year, kind of like what most studios do anyway. So yeah, so not every studio is, or ev- you know, every major studio even is going to be doing a, you know, a big announcement. You know, kind of EA style announcement. So I think that's kind of interesting. It's not like Square Enix is a tiny studio. That's a that's a pretty big umbrella. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that sometimes it's just the logistics of, well, the era, era we're in right now doesn't make sense.
3: No. It
2: does it raise the question a of difficult. what
0: the fuck is Square Enix working on at this point?
2: I mean, they have games that are just, you know, inactive development.
0: I know, I'm just kind of curious what. Like Do you think we have an ill-fated... Deus Ex coming out in the
2: shadow of Cyberpunk. Doubtful. Hopefully not. Yeah, but you know, it's like they're always working on Dragon Quest stuff. I mean, the biggest thing that they, they're going to continue to support is you know the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is going to be more than one. You know, it's like it's that's kind of an ongoing thing. Mm. So the diff- new chapters of that. I mean, I mean, as far as we know, like the this currently what's out doesn't even go outside of Midgar. So, yeah, there's a lot more to be done with that one. You have Trials of Mana, which only recently came out. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, they have stuff they're working on. I don't know about what they're going to come out with that's going to be new this year, yeah. but we'll see. Well, there's a new console coming, allegedly. Um, I mean, Near Replicant is something that's coming out sometime soon. Never really talked about the hell like. We know what that is, but not, I
0: guess, what that is, what that is.
2: Yeah, we don't really have much much information on that at all. We have, like, some screenshots and a press release, and that's pretty much it. And that doesn't really tell us anything about the yeah. game. It
0: exists! Cool, cool. Yeah. Tell me more about it existing.
2: So, yeah, I mean, they obviously have stuff in the works, but they're not going to announce it all at the same time. Yeah. And in any case, I mean we've you know we've mentioned this before when we've talked about e three is the whole rush to announce everything at e three is not necessarily great for the developer you know for the for your developers on the ground where you know it's like you're putting this artificial sort of announcement cap for you know whatever games you happen to be working on, and you know a pressure to put out some sort of Material or you know something that's that people can see, or you know, whether it's a trailer or it's you know minimally concept art or something like that. That's you know that's I don't know. I don't like the idea of artificially created you know artificially created deadlines for things. I just don't think that that's not realistic. I think it's and that's why another many one of many reasons why. I wouldn't be sad to see e a just completely kind of float away because, yeah, I don't like the fact that, yeah, as a studio it's like you're people are working hard, and this extra kind of pressure to we need something by e three and we need it tomorrow, you know, so yeah, that's that's kind of silly yeah that's I've, silly
0: i'm a big I'm a big pusher of the idea of don't announce games until you're sure you can meet your deadline without killing people by accident.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this is it's it is interesting to see that you know, uh, companies already demonstrating that hey, we maybe we didn't need EA and or E three in the first place. I mean, we don't apparently, I guess not, (laughs) since companies are doing basically their own thing around the same timeline, and then other companies are like, you know what, we're not even going to do that. And we're already, and you know, it's something we've worried about before is like the indie games sort of getting forgotten, you know, possibly if with no E3. Yeah. Well, we're already seeing multiple showcases that are going to be displaying indie games. So, I mean, that's, that's being covered. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's definitely not going to be a normal E3, but as long as Devolver still murders someone during their press conference. Yeah. I'll be okay.
2: Oh, Devolver.
0: I'm really looking forward to Devolver C three thing this year. It yeah. could be absolutely bizarre. Do you oh,
1: think yeah. do you think they'll do something on the nose and relate the pandemic to something they did or something? Do you think they would do something that? No, absolutely... they're smart
0: enough not to do that. Like that's
1: They murdered someone on stage in a hypothetical press conference. Yeah. This would be above them.
2: See, I, I imagine that Covid will be played, but not in a sort of gross way yeah i it'll definitely make it make it make an appearance in there, but not in a sort of a they're very know, smart cringy. about where
0: their line is yeah like it's mm. yeah
2: it'll 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 be a playful jab at it in some way, but not in any sort of disgusting way
0: got. Gotcha. It... It'll be something like, ever since we made Strip Clubs Essential or something like that, I...
2: Yeah. It'll be it'll be something, yeah. It'll, it'll be something fun instead of something like, you shouldn't have said that. That's really not cool.
0: Yeah, I, and the same with that, the Devolver coin, which was just a chunk of plastic they were randomly assigning a number to. Like, that was a cutting commentary on cryptocurrencies at the time. But yeah. also, like, it was the correct take on it, I... Like, yeah, they yeah. murder several people per E3 press conference. It's, just the, it's the Devolver way, but it's very much in service of them making fun of other E3 press conferences and yeah. just kind of the way that whole thing is treated where just it's so stuffy and... Well, let's be honest, the entire fucking EA press conference kind of feels like it's run by James Bond villains. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, This is a little bit self important
0: yeah, every year I watch the e three press conference or the ea one i like I'm just sitting there being like man, which one of them's gonna say no Mr. Bond, I expect you to die first
2: and then like say something cringy from a meme from ten years yep. ago <laughs> which one are you just
0: gonna dab on James Bond
2: yeah whereas devolver digital is like they're they are a meme I mean that's they just they they come out with something that's just actually fun and creative and and satirical. Yeah,
0: I don't know. They'll they'll still have a kid flossing on stage. They'll just shoot that kid in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I am excited for our weird digital future of E three this year. I, as someone who on this podcast and kind of my personal life has spent a lot of time wondering exactly. Really, what the fuck is the point of E3 in some ways, especially mm-hmm. given all the weird stuff that seems to be happening around the edges of it? Yeah. I, I am enjoying the wrong phrase, but the fact that a bunch of people are being like, okay, cool, E3 canceled. Now it's our time to try something a little different because we're not like, going up against uh, social inertia at that point, I think is mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Is that our list this week for news? I think that's our yeah. list. Damn. Yeah. So that brings us to emails, and I don't know, so I, the downside of having someone who used to be on the podcast be able to email you is that he can text you being like, yo, you never fucking answered my email last week. <laughs> you guys read it, but that makes it fun. But so if you want to send it in, we'll, I guess, not get around to answering the question. Um, we can be contacted at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells suppose it sounds down the show notes, et etc. et cetera. Uh, but last week, Jeff wrote in about how, I guess, like I'm trying to think of summarize. So I do not have to read the email a total a second time. Okay, so to kind of summarized. Basically, it was the question of are there games that like use the example of Star Citizen that like can can these games actually be completed? Like, yeah, they'll come out eventually, but is it even conceivably possible to make that game complete?
2: Oh, no, we've seen plenty of games now where they are dependent on, at this point, continued content. So it depends on if, if it was made with the intention of, of finishing it. Yeah. If it is, but it's actually still as a model of the game that isn't, then I I don't know. Well, it's like, you know, like we've talked about a lot of different games with continuing content like Destiny 2 and World of Warcraft, and, which are meant to have continuing content Uh but then there's other games which are in a sense finished then they'll come out with a dlc i mean
0: well and i, I don't know so i guess the follow-up question he kind of asks is this is it essentially is is creating a game a life sentence and the responsibility of the developer to continue to update that game until we all forget it exists i found this been an interesting thought experiment and i'm curious to hear all you weigh in i think it's like I assume Bungie is bored of making Destiny by now a little bit. <laughs>
1: you think? I I'd hope
0: so person. I'm occasionally bored of playing the game they keep making.
2: Mm. But but the thing is it is a game that is based around continued content. Yeah. It just is. Whereas a game say like Left 4 Dead 2 is a finished game. Though they did keep putting out new maps and new content for it that were generally, that were free, but it was, you know, it it was created as a finished game and no, they're not going to update it forever. And I don't think you can expect people to support a game forever. It just, you have to devote, you you can't have your resources all uh, that. If you did that, you you would, you, you would have to keep growing the company exponentially. Yeah. You'd never, you, you'd, You'd eventually, like, take over entire countries because you're supporting every single game you've ever made. So, no, I definitely don't think it's a thing where any company could be expected to upkeep every single game they ever created. At some point, you have to call a game either done, finished, or, for a game with continu- continuing content, dead. Like, you know, what we're seeing with, you know, uh, you know Death Garden Blood Harvestage. They're like, well... We just aren't going to put any more out for this yeah. game. It's effectively a dead game. Well, and they're going to turn off Whereas, the servers
0: once matchmaking is impossible. Like it's, it just yeah. exists at this point.
2: Whereas with uh, because it didn't take servers with awesome knots, awesome knots doesn't have central servers. Is that player to player? Yes. Ah, that explains it. Some one player is the host, mm. essentially. And it has some kind of smart thing to move around the host when, well, when necessary.
0: And I think maybe that's actually the secret answer. Like, if you built a um, player-to-player game, and I think that's what Blood Garden's at at this point, I'm not totally sure, that game can, in theory, run forever based on that logic. Like, it really... Yeah. Yeah, as so long as people can get copies of that game and the matchmaking, like, whatever basic infrastructure is required to make that work, as so long as there's, like, an active community that game will live. It's when you're trying to justify the cost of that server still running. That's where mm-hmm. the problem is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So like for Awesome Not Yeah, which is a peer-to-peer game, one player serves as the server. That's why it's still an active community. That's why I could still right now go on and and play in a match and it'll, all the positions will be filled. There's, you know, no AI. Player. Yeah. It's it's only 3 on 3, so it's a bit easier, but yeah, still
0: followed needs
2: but it is a finished game but not necessarily dead game because yeah it can continue on but, yeah but they're but they're not going to put out any more fixes bug fixes or anything like that or new any new content they're not going to continue supporting the game it's done it's a finished game
0: No, i guess that's my ongoing for this pinball game i'm playing like if it- if you were to rip thirty tables out of a game I was making, I'd probably just mothball that game and be like, "Okay, cool, we're done." And that seems to be kind of one of the complaints about the game at this point. But mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah, and so no, it's like it's just like you know any product you buy, they can't, you know, if unless you're paying a subscription for it, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to keep supporting it. Like, you know, it's like, it'd be like if Nintendo was still supporting my NES console here. That would be silly. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to expect them to keep supporting that or, you know, do whatever. Or, you know, even, yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing applies to software. If it's not something that's a continuous thing that's expected, then, yeah, don't, there shouldn't be an expectation to keep supporting it if it's finished. I mean, at a certain point, you have to call it finished. Yeah. Now, that is a point for a debate on when can you call a game finished, you know, at what point. And you start to get to a point where it's like you've ironed out most of the bugs, the vast majority of them, to the point where it's like bugs are so infrequent or so small or so just very, very weird specific circumstances. We're not going to keep bug fixing on this game because bug fixing let me tell you is takes time because that's two departments minimally two departments having to do a lot of extra work yeah that was a a
0: big problem with getting halo 2 to run on the pc version i guess or like for things had a bunch of just fixing issues for it
2: yeah and so you have to have your programming team on it and you're probably going to still have to have your some of your designers on it because they may have to redo some of the 3D work, like the skill to work for the 3D models, such as the way they move or the way they attach to things. That may be ha- have to be redone as well. And then it's your QA testers that are making sure a finding out where the bug is and being able to replicate it, and b having to test it once you put a bug fix out there for them to test. So you're you're to keep bug fixing on a game. You're tying up the company in a big way, tying up the company's people in a big way. So yeah, you you can't expect bug fixes forever. At some point, it has to wind down.
0: No, but I think also kind of just take a step back to, our conversation we're having. Uh, I think there's a point where you can choose to, like the ongoing development of Star Citizen, not Star Citizen, of um, No Man's Sky, that will eventually end because continuing to develop for that game will just become problematic. You just have a weird example of that, I guess, like a bunch of the unemployment systems in the U.S. are written on Cobalt or something, and there's now a sudden spike in the need for Cobalt programming. A, oh yeah, like, Cobalt. Like a 25-year dead programming language or something, essentially. Oh yeah,
2: and the like most of the people that know COBOL are well into retirement. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it was a programming language that was kind of like a government developed; they were government funded language yeah. anyway. Yeah, it, and it, so they used it for most of the systems for business logic, which it does business business logic well. But uh, we need new systems. Well, and
0: I only bring this up as an example because the idea of like trying to support a game made in Unreal Unreal Three. At this point yeah. in time, it's like that's just not possible, potentially. Like, you're gonna have yeah, be reporting it, was... it over every couple years, which is like it's on paper easy, but in actual practice, almost like basically kind of almost making half a game all over again, potentially.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, even bringing something from an earlier version of Unreal Engine to the current version yeah. is just like, you know, major versions like three to four, you know, or something. There was something some like
0: game that. they did something like that too, and it changed the way gravity worked, and people were pissed. And they had to go back in and, like, the new version of Unreal had better gravity. It was more accurate gravity, but it was fucking with how people thought that game was supposed to feel enough. They had to, like, make the gravity, quote, bad again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's just, it's an issue. And it's like, yeah, you don't, yeah, with an engine, you know, and and this this is also with, sort of, engines created internally. For instance, the Assassin's Creed engine there are multiple versions of that engine, which is an internally created engine at Ubisoft. Yeah.
0: And hypothetically you could start like knowing you're gonna have to keep supporting these systems, hypothetically put yourself in a situation where like you're building iterative tools and stuff like that. But still, yeah, it just comes a point where no one that's worked on that game anymore is even around anymore to be like, Oh, this is why we made these decisions.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Does yeah, WoW
0: ever feel like that, Alex? Because I get the impression the majority of the people still involved in WoW aren't anywhere even remotely close to the original WoW people.
1: Um, I, from what I understand, there's a good chunk of them that still are. A That's lot fair. of their bigger names probably have not, but they also, I mean, you have multiple teams that work Yeah, I'm WoW. not
0: saying WoW's made by eight people in a basement. Yeah. Made by nine.
1: Well, yeah, there are some guys who have been in it for a long time. Like I can't remember his name, but there's just one guy who, like, got it. He he originally played EverQuest, got hired for WoW, and he's been working with WoW as one of the bigger head guys for a long time. Hmm. He's a big quest designer, I think. I can't remember, but yeah. I'll have to look him up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's fair.
0: I got the impression that's one of the complaints, was that, like, it just felt like WoW was less and less the WoW it used to be and was now something.
1: I mean... There was actually, it's really, it's funny you mentioned that because there was a, uh, they had a discussion recently, like an online interview thing with Mike Morheim who was the original, one of the original founders of Blizzard, who talked about how like, wow, there's stuff that wow has definitely changed and a lot of it has to do with accessibility and ease of use have taken away from the social aspect of yeah. the game, which I agree to a certain extent, but they also did a follow-up interview with Ian I think his name is. Uh, who's the current director for WoW? Who says um, the game social features have always been there? It's just now with the things like you know Discord and TeamSpeak yeah. and all that stuff, and 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 more guilds. Like uh, the, one of the things that we I, I hear a lot is server identity, and I think that's one of the things that's gone with like the fact that you can just queue up for a dungeon easily, yeah. get in it. You don't have there's nothing you invested in like. Compared to older times, but this is—it's it's, that's just more of a social. Yeah, you're, it's not
0: a vibe. known entity situation anymore. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's all speculative because there are some people who probably never really did that. But I will tell you from my old experience raiding back in the day, is if you were, if you were a ninja looter or any of the kind of that shit. you yeah, so we're Who you were? Yeah, and you never got into a fucking raid after that. So your mileage will vary. I know. You know, it happens sometimes now, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Ninja is
0: as Ninja does, if you will.
1: Well, Ninja looting not, because Master Looter's gone, so. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's kind of rewind back to the, like, game is done standpoint. Like, the fact that WoW Classic exists Mm -hmm. speaks to the idea that maybe games should be done at a certain point. Or, like, yeah, I...
1: I don't even know if games should be done. I think think people were so... People have a massive hard on for nostalgia in games. Yeah, like, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, there they are some are. games I have a massive hard on for that. And oh, yeah. like, I think with WoW, you had a very passionate community of classic yeah. WoW and people who talk about the good old days of it. But to be honest with you, classic WoW was kind of shit. It, like, oh yeah,
0: it, it's a very, it's an MMO very much of the time span it came out in. Yeah,
1: yeah, like it's nowhere near as complex. Like. Anybody who thinks raiding in WoW, the hardest part about raiding in WoW in Classic was organizing forty fucking bodies to show up. Yeah, not actually doing the fights because the fights were fucking easy. Like you only have to worry about spamming fucking shadow bolt or keeping curses up, like shit like that. Like the hardest part was organizing forty people to show up to one thing. So
0: and that's much easier, courtesy of Discord and stuff like that. Yeah, it's. It's it's one of those conversations that exists out there of yeah because you have streamers playing this like the fundamental like backbone of this thing has already changed
1: yeah so and also like there's something about like a world first kill of something it's yep. like okay I mean you, <laughs> the strats have been out for eight fucking yeah, years the ten classic fucking wow years.
0: raids have been perfected
1: yeah like not, there's a reason that one guy like was able to loot like level up to one to sixty. An absurdly sp- yeah. quick amount of time, and it wasn't even like a professional streamer, dude. Yeah. It was some troll who figured out the best routes for leveling yeah. and basically beat the world first leveling thing for classic. Because I thought, I still think back at how fucking hilarious that was—that you had like method and all these pro raiders, like we're gonna do world first level sixty, and some fucking troll, like online troll streamer dude, does it first.
0: Hmm. That's how it always works.
1: <laughs> it was so perfect, to like. Granted, the guy who did it was an asshole. I guess you found out some stuff he did later on was kind of shifty as far as, like, his attitude. Not necessarily what he did to get to 60, but, like, it was so perfect because Method was streaming uh, the Race to World 60, and then this dude gets it first, shows up to their chat, and subscribes to their YouTube channel, or subscribes to their Twitch channel after he hit it 60. Like, hey, good effort, guys. And, like, it was just, it was the icing on the cake for that shit, because they had a whole studio thing prepped, and they lost. And having the guy show up and be like, here's a sub. See you guys. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Nostalgia is a big thing. I think that's part of the reason why WoW does so fucking well. People love that nostalgia. And some people genuinely like way difficult grinds and MMO stuff. Like, I I get it.
0: Yeah, two of us play Destiny on this podcast.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That does it for emails this week, we don't have any more, just wanted to revisit that one, because I don't normally get contact with a follow-up of, like, hey, you guys didn't fucking answer my question. (laughs) I guess there's an aspect of it, like, any games come to mind, I think WoW's the perfect example, yeah, like, I, I think stopping making WoW is very hard for Blizzard to even think about, because... I'm sure it's not the biggest property they have, but goddamn, that thing has to make up a line item in their budget every year. Oh
1: yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it fairly often makes a list of like top ten money making games. Like, well, it has it has
2: a monthly subscription. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's one of the few MMOs out there with an active subscription plan that still is successful. Yeah. So.
0: And I'm not sure I'm not to even say it's even the best MMO out there at this point. Yeah, I know oh, you're no, right. Like, no, it's... it's
1: not. It's just. It's, it's got a model that works for it. Like Final Fantasy XIV, I would say as far as like some of the design and gameplay and aesthetics, everything, gorgeous fucking MMO. Like, they, they you can really tell they really love working on that game. And they also have a subscription model that works for them. But then you have other games like fucking The Old Republic which tried it and then didn't do so well and then they have this bastardized version of a free-to-play version. Yeah, which basically means you have to sub in order to replay really the full one, which kinda just drives people away in the first place, so yeah, not a lot of MMOs were MMOs were weird. Like, there's a period of time where just everybody was making a fucking MMO, kind of like everybody made a battle royale.
0: Oh, Henry oh, worked yeah. on one of
3: those MMOs. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: which one did you work on, Henry?
3: Rift. Rift.
1: Rift. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I, hell, there was a fucking like destruction derby MMO for a while. Like, yep. Our one. <laughs> Everyone yeah. was making a fucking MMO! So.
2: Yeah, the only ones that are still kind of running are like, you know, the ones that are more of a free play model that aren't, you know, the big two, essentially. Or I guess, you know, Fantasy Star Online also has a, uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 also has a, uh, subscription. But.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: everything else has just had to go to some sort of a free to play thing. I mean, that's why I still play Terra. I don't have to pay to play it. Well, so I, other, and I don't play it enough to to warrant putting money, uh, like, to, to pay a subscription to anything, really.
1: The other one that I feel like has an interesting model that still works really well is Guild Wars 2. Hmm. Because that's a one-time buy. Yeah, And true. then you're good. I mean, you can choose to buy, like, items to do other stuff, but you have abs- you can do every- everything you can grind in that game. You can you can buy if you want, to. but like the grind itself is, I think the stuff you buy is all like cosmetic stuff. It's nothing like yeah. pay to win, but the actual, Yeah the meat of it, if you will, is all just play the game. And it's a one-time mm-hmm. buy minus the expansion, of course, but still it's a good model. And I think World Wars two has a huge player. base.
0: I think it's doing okay. Yeah. Cause it, a, a new, I don't remember. I haven't checked in on it to be honest.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: active enough that someone tried to get access to my Guild Wars 2 account a couple weeks ago. Oh,
1: there Whoa. you go. There you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is how I measure if a game is still active or not.
1: Yeah, nobody's knocking down my fucking door for uh, my old Republic account. So
0: That's an EA account, technically, isn't it?
1: Uh, No, they had their own one for a while, I think. But yeah, they got merged Right.
0: Good old EA, keeping that old Republic going. Yeah. Said no one ever. <laughs> yeah, I think that thoroughly vets this topic at this point or this question.
1: If not, let us know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yes. Um. All right. So, should we close it out this week then? got anything else they want to talk
1: about? Um. Other than my usual, you can find me on Mave Online across all of my social medias and things like that. You can find me, uh, Twitch Mixer, YouTube Gaming, Facebook Gaming. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, all under the same handle, Maeve Online.
2: I am Kraken Zero. that's Z-E-R-Zero, and that's on Instagram and Facebook. If I'm doing up to anything, basically, it's going to be on those. That's pretty much it. <laughs> no, that's fair. Like, oh yeah, I'll just add again, if you see a Kraken Zero running around in Destiny 2, that's me. Especially if you see a Kraken Zero running around that's, uh, Aggressively mediocre. That's definitely me.
1: If you see him, spam him dance emotes.
2: <laughs> I just do the blade flip. I'll, 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 I'll give you the virtual hug. I got the
0: fist bump emote. It is fantastic watching people be confused by that thing. <laughs>
2: Well, I have the hug emote, which you're motioning, come on, come in for a hug. And you just sit there and keep doing it, if you just let it go.
0: That one occasionally feels like it's used more ironically.
2: I did keep one emote, I have been using one emote from the uh, Guardian game, so I have the uh, high score one that I still use, Mm. which is fun, but, yep. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think that does it for this week. Who wants to close it out? I'm sure Jeff's emailed something at the end of it, but we didn't cover it last week. We're not covering it this week, apparently.
3: <laughs>
0: Cue the middle.